0: to the Good News Sister Podcast. So,
1: Caroline, are you ready to talk about sex?
0: Yeah, what a question. I'm ready to talk about it because we're here with Teresa, and she knows her stuff, and we have a lot of questions. That's why I'm excited. I know. Me too. I'm so excited
1: to have Teresa. Teresa is a licensed professional counselor who specializes in trauma and sex therapy and we are really lucky to get to have this conversation with her just even before we started recording Caroline and I were just we're just admiring how much <laughs> we can learn from her. So we're so grateful that she's here. Thank you Teresa for coming. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself so our, our friends can learn more about you. Yes, I'd be delighted. Thanks
2: for having me. Uh, today. I really appreciate that. I always look forward to the opportunity to share this message. I'm very passionate about it. Um, I am a, a therapist by profession. I own Restoration Counseling Associates, which is a group of practitioners, all independent Um, there are nine of us here in the Knoxville area who have a common vision for theologically and about how growth occurs in a person that it's holistic and that it's a mission of the Lord to want to redeem our stories. Very privileged to work with some great people. And we work with kids and marriages and individuals on a variety of issues. And then I'm married to my husband, Rick, for 30, almost 38 years now. Uh, we have three kids, uh, all adult children. We are empty nesters, which is by the way, a great season to I be bet. in. It <laughs> is really sweet. It, if there is any reason to be motivated to work on your marriage and love your spouse and do the hard work of it, it is for these empty nest years. Cause it is really sweet if you hang in there and do that work. Mm. Uh, and I have two grandchildren, uh, who live in town. So, I, I, say Lucky my, you. I say to my boys, you know, your sister is my favorite <laughs> only because she has grandchildren for me. Yeah. And if you'll give me some grandchildren, you'll quickly become my yeah. favorite. So delight in my grandsons. They're really awesome. Uh, my husband's a pastor here in Knoxville. Well, I say that's a, we ought to go on a reality show, the pastor and the sex therapist. <laughs> yes. but,
1: and, Sounds like a bravo show. Yeah, here in Knoxville. <laughs>
2: and so we uh, just kind of live here in the community of Knoxville. Love it. Love the. Uh, Uh, south a lot. We came from Chicago uh, for 12 years. We were there. My husband is originally from East Tennessee. And so we moved back here uh, after our third was born and I was dying, trying to work two jobs and yeah, all the things that go with living in a big city. So we've loved living in Knoxville. That's been home for us for
1: 23 years now. So let's get into it. So let's start from the beginning. What is sex?
2: Well, that definition is going to be set according to who you talk to. Yeah. Uh, I think, the, you know, obviously the first thing that comes into your brain is just the reality, the physical intercourse, but sex is a lot more than that. And uh, when we don't understand that, uh, we, we end up putting ourselves in a place to really get misled and disappointed and disillusioned, I think, a lot of times. Uh, culturally, we've kind of talked about sex a lot, and we seem to make a lot about sex and talk a lot about sex in the culture. But the reality is I really believe that we make far too little Hmm. of sex because we tend culturally to flatline it and make it just about the physical and let's don't get our emotions all caught up in this. And almost that women who can't do that are kind of weak Willed w- women, kind of dependent. That the a strong, independent woman owns her sexuality and can have sex with whoever she wants to, whenever she wants to, and be free and mm-hmm. be unaffected, which is just a lie from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, a little straightforward language, <laughs> no, no. but but it really is because sex by design is a whole person act, and it's designed to involve our emotions, our thoughts, our bodies, and our spirits. And when we begin to segment ourselves out into parts instead of a whole, we really diminish who we are, our value, and our worth, and particularly as women. Uh, It it affects men too, but I think particularly women because of God's design for us and the parts of the image of God that we uniquely bear— when we take sex and make it just physical and bind to the lie of the culture, then we really diminish both ourselves and God's intended purpose for sex in the first place. Which, you know, I think both in the church and the culture, we've really done a poor job through the years. Sometimes out of good intentions, but mm-hmm. just going awry about really helping people understand why God designed sex, it was his idea. Mm -hmm. The reality that our bodies are not, that sex is not a bad thing or a taboo thing or a a naughty thing, but actually a beautiful thing full of beauty and pleasure and desire that God wants for us, but in a specific context and in a specific way that he's designed. Mm -hmm. So that was a long answer to your question. There's
0: two things then that... How do we come at sex as male versus female? What are the differences there?
2: That's a huge question. (laughs) We could spend the rest of the podcast talking about. But there are real differences. And part of that, you know, when you go back to Genesis and you read the creation story and the I'm sure you've heard teaching if you've listened to anything on women and the creation of women, but you know, there's an intended pause that God has there uh, you know, he makes everything in twos all the way through at the beginning. Hmm. And then all of a sudden he makes man an individual one with this pause. And God's the only thing in creation that God looks at and says, this isn't good. And I think, again, that I don't think God like thought, oh, I forgot to make a part. Like that wasn't, <laughs> a, you know, God didn't forget that. It was a intentional pause on his part to demonstrate something. I love God's kind of a good Story writer, because yes. a good story unfolds, and there's always the story within the story, and, and the creation story is kind of like that. And there's this intended pause that I think God was using to say, Here, man is in com- this is before sin has entered the world, man is in full and complete relationship with God, unbroken. Un- and God's saying, There, he needs more than me, he- there is this other thing that's lacking, and I'm going to make him a partner and that and, and then god doesn't create woman from the dust of the earth like he did man he takes her from a part of the man and interestingly the rib which is designed to protect the vital organs so man has to give up this protect this self protection in order to have this thing that is like him but not him wow and so you go, whoa, that's big, right? Like mm-hmm. just sit in that one for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, when he gets the woman, who, you know, he is like, whoa, mm. you know, he, he, like, man's, Adam's response to Eve is like, wow, this is me, but not me. And that word easer, connecto, is the word used there. So only other times it's used, is used for God. It's the Holy Spirit. And it's this idea of God comes as my helper, my sustainer. Mm. You know, the, the English translation of helper is really, like, I think of hamburger helper or the help. <laughs> right, you know, right. Who wants yeah. to be that, right? right. Like, that's Door-holder not... Door holder,
0: line leader. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. You get that role. Yeah.
2: You know, the support. You're right. the administrative assistant person. You're not a main event person. And that mm. is so not the picture. Wow. But you're not it's like the Trinity where the Father, Son and Holy Spirit are unique beings with unique roles and unique purposes and yet they are all equally God. Mm. And so it's this mystery of the same but not the same. Mm. Equal value, equal godness, and and oh, there's this beautiful picture in Ephesians we could go into, but it's this whole idea of, you know, where he's talking about this whole idea of submission, which sometimes we have this really negative in our culture view toward, but it's a picture of Christ submitting himself to the Father out of love, not duty, not you're less than, not, it's I love you and therefore submit myself for your glory's sake, for your betterment. And then the father in turn glorifies the son and lifts him up mm-hmm. because of the sunset. Like when you get that picture, yeah, then you know that our ideas about submission and laying down our life for and self-set, like we don't even scratch the surface on those. And mm-hmm. so when we talk about gender, you know, I think, again, culture, because gender has become such a negative uh, that we mistreat, we power up, we do these negative gender things. So we want to get rid of it rather than celebrate. I think we've done the same thing with race. Like we're just going to pretend race doesn't exist as a way to deal mm-hmm. with race problems instead of going race exists, exists yeah. and cultures are very different. And, and my friends of color might have very different expressions than me. And that's part of the beauty of the picture of God and creativity of the world. And I don't want to diminish that. I want to celebrate that. Yeah. But we tend to go, oh, that's created problems in our world, so let's get rid of that and pretend we don't see color, pretend it doesn't exist. And we do the same thing with gender. We just go, well, let's just don't, you can pick and be whatever gender you want, or we don't want you to be uncomfortable with your gender, so let's just get rid of gender because it makes us all uncomfortable, rather than, no, no, no. There is such beauty in, the, in gender because it, it, there is difference. And it was intended to be very different. It can create conflict anytime there's difference. It does, but it also has the potential to bring in complexity and uh, mystery and glory. And uh, you know, if everything's the same, it's boring. And so the gender differences are designed. Not always. It doesn't always practically play out, but designed to strengthen. Add dimension, color. Like for women, we're life bearers. Men don't bear life, Mm -hmm. right? Our bodies literally get to produce that picture of God, right? Like our bodies literally are creators of life. Like, whoa, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like blow your brain up, right? But that's a picture of God, right? And I know in my own family, like this drives me a little crazy, I have to say it, but (laughs) like I can say blessing to my children and they appreciate that. But when their dad does it, it's different. Because that ability to name and bless tends to be male. Hmm. Again, it's not that moms can't bless, Mm -hmm. right? Right. But it's different when it comes from that male voice. And so I don't understand all that. And (laughs) I wouldn't try to even divide it all out as to, oh, well, this is masculine and this is feminine, or this is Mm -hmm. what... But I do know there are some very real distinctions. For sure. And when we try to neuter that out... And do we miss out?
1: Right. I see it so much. So my daughter, uh, she's my first and I just had my son. Mm-hmm. And that girl loves her daddy. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. sees, I mean, even as like as little as like one year old infant to one year old to, you know till now she's, she's attracted to his differentness, you know? And then with my son, I just had him and he's, I mean, he's a baby, but he's attracted to that differentness that mommy has that Mm -hmm. isn't daddy. And, and it's so cool to hear you talk about how this perspective that we get to play a very special role, a equally valuable role, because I think we hear a lot that the that the men in our Christian world are always playing the the hero for lack of a better word just kind of they they're have the more dominant role but it's just a different role and so it's fascinating to to be reminded relationship is ultimately meant to mirror the Trinity mirror God himself um, that's so cool it really is and you can spend a lifetime
2: kind of trying to wrap your brain around that, that I think of the word like the ocean. You know, you can be there, taste it, swim in it, appreciate it, but you never plumb the depths of it, and it's new every day. And I just think when you get into this area of sexuality and God's design and creation, if you sit in that, I mean, I've been in it for years, and I still get blown away by Mm -hmm. what God is speaking about himself and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as humans, we're just prone to get into our day, especially women who... You know, when you get kids and life and th- you're just trying to figure out how to get your teeth brushed and the grocery spot <laughs> and the meals made and that. And we get lost in the day in out, and we forget the bigger picture of who we are and what we're called to and the divine role that we're allowed to play in God's bigger story, which is really cool.
0: We were talking about this a little maybe before we started the podcast, but I, wanted, I want our listeners to hear what you were saying about um, just maybe how we often hear in the church or just in Christian circles about how, you know, a woman does need to make sure she's meeting her husband's needs because we are the only, that's God's design, right? Is that his physical needs would only be met in his wife. And that is true. Um, But also it feels like it's missing a little bit there of the full picture. Like you said, sex is not a duty. It is a joy and so for our female listeners, what do you want women specifically to know about sex in their marriage and what their role is and how just how it can be a joy? What would you? There's probably three quick things I would say. One
2: is, is that sex, there needs to be mutuality in sex. And and, and what I say to, to women, I, there's some really bad theology where we've cherry picked verses, and use those and instead of looking at the whole. And one of the things I often say to clients and I, and I say to anybody I talk to on sex is, what fruit is it bearing? Because that's the one thing that Scripture teaches us we can judge by, mm. is the fruit that something bears. And so I may be going through right motions for even good reasons. I believe that this is what my role is. I believe this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I do these things, but it's not bearing intimacy. It's not bearing deeper relationship. It's not bearing love in my marriage to my husband. And I've had godly women who were taught poorly about this idea that you can never say no. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it it comes out of that whole idea of we don't deny except for a season of prayer prayer and fasting. There there is a scripture that says that. But it's this idea that the, the, the teaching is I'm never allowed to say no. Well, I say, well, if you can't say no, then your yes doesn't mean anything. Right? Secondly, it says you're not denying one another. Well, if I don't have it to offer you, I'm not denying from you. I think about you guys are in little kid years, <laughs> yes. right? And I think I know for me in that season, you know, when, especially if you're a nursing mom, you know, you're exhausted, your body's exhausted, you're giving out of your, literally giving out of your body
0: <laughs> all, day. all, day, all long. day long.
2: And there are little people. And and then if you've had more than one child, so you've got a toddler and a nursing baby, you're one of your greatest needs in that season of your life is time for your body to yourself, yeah, right? Solitude. Yeah. And so I, I think that's one of the times in marriages when the sex drive differences really show up. Uh, I mean, first of all, there is, I've never met a couple that had the same sex drive. Like, there's always a negotiation of need there, right? But especially in those little kid years, because the wife's, generally, the wife's greatest need is just time to herself and to have her body to be her own. But your husband didn't stop having a sex drive because you had a baby and are nursing. And so clearly there's huge differences. And I think that's where that opportunity to talk through Okay, we're in very different places, and our need levels are very different. Can I care about your need and love you and want to care? In other words, your needs matter to me because you matter to me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm communicating that, at the same time, I can't give you what I don't have right now. Right? And so it's, it's, it's sin to withhold what I do have. Mm right? So, and one of the things that I find that women do is we play this game where we pretend that we don't have any energy or we're tired because to give even things like we could go snuggle on the couch or we could um, passionately kiss or we could do these things because we're afraid that that means we're going to then have to have intercourse and we don't feel like we have that to give. Mm -hmm. So we don't give what we have and that is withholding. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think that's, frequent conversation I have with women is that, oh, no, 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 I don't even give that because I know if I do that, he's going to want to have sex. And I go, well, yeah, he probably is. (laughs) But can you as adults talk about that and talk about, and and so if he is loving you and caring about your needs and you're saying, I don't have that to offer right now, but I love you and care about you and your needs. And this is, I do have this to give and offer. And there are times when I can When I, yeah, I have that to offer, but I may not be at the height of desire or arousal myself, but I can focus on your needs and be about you right now. Mm. And not in a duty kind of way, but in a, in a sacrificial love kind of way. Mm. And, you know, when you think about, I used to have a professor that said, duty sex is puty sex. It's, it's, (laughs) it's, you know, it's like scrubbing the toilets. I mean, think about the things you do out of duty, you know, at the same time we do in all the time in life, do things that are hard for us or that require something of us. I mean, your kids would not be taken care of if you didn't, you don't get up every day and go, oh, I have great energy to prepare meals and change diapers and do, you know, like all like, and, and part of that is the loving sacrifice for our kids. Right. And so there are times when we lovingly give to our spouses, when we think, ah, would I rather go take a hot bath right now? But I do have this to offer, and so I do. Mm-hmm. But that's a yes, I own, mm-hmm. not an not a obligation or something that I have to do, because if I don't, I feel guilty, or somehow I'm under some mandate. Mm-hmm. That's not a free offering. And, and even Scripture talks about, I don't want your right behavior without your heart, mm-hmm. Right. That makes me want to vomit, the Lord says. And I think that when we go through right behavior for wrong motives, Mm -hmm. right, or out of bad theology, maybe Mm -hmm. we think it's a right motive because we just want to obey and do what God asks us to do. Mm -hmm. But when we've moved into this, if it's producing rotten fruit, if I'm less connected to my spouse, if I'm resenting them, if I find I avoid as often as I can these moments, that's an indicator something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And something's off balance here, and we need to at least pay attention to that and start asking questions instead of worrying about, oh, going through the right motions, but I'm producing rotten fruit all over the place. Because the goal of sex is not orgasm. That's a wonderful part of sex. The goal of sex is intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so if our sex life is not producing or reflecting, and this is what it's really designed for, it's designed to reflect whole person intimacy. Hmm. So when you go back to God's design, I'm kind of flipping into another section here, but when you go back to God's design, the reason God asks us to wait is not because he's wanting to withhold pleasure from us or goodness from us. And I think, you know, there was that whole generation of the just say no, the silver ring thing, (laughs) the things that we did, which were, came out of really good Ideas. ideas, And the idea that because the culture was going into hookup sex and all that, we were trying to train, I think, our young women and young men to like, no, say no, and wait for the better thing Mm -hmm. and all all that. But we never really cast the vision for what it is that we're saying yes to and why God designed it the way he did it. Because Mm -hmm. what's not true, and, and, and one of the things that now Christian women have is they've said, the women who've waited and they've no, 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 I have to wait, I can't, no, 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 no. And all of a sudden it's like a a (laughs) light switch is supposed to flip because today I said, yeah, I do. And, you know, our brains wire themselves Mm -hmm. based on our thinking and our patterns of behavior. And so if we've been afraid of this thing for years that I've got to really guard and be careful and stay away from this, and I'm not seeing that I'm, no, I'm choosing to not go here because I want this better thing, Mm Do you yeah. see the difference in, in mindset? It's so yeah. different for our, for us. And so what I find is a lot of Christian women who've waited are really struggling with flipping that switch and really being able to engage this as a good thing. Hmm. And that my desire actually is not a bad thing. It's actually a beautiful thing hmm. that I'm, in, instead of denying my desire, I want to acknowledge that it exists that it's a powerful force in me. And just like any powerful force in the world, a powerful force unrestrained is, is destructive.
1: We loved this conversation with Teresa so much, and we don't want to withhold the rest of it from you. So we're posting part two of this conversation next week. There's so much left to unpack. So be watching Wednesday for part two. If you've enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to hear what is to come.
0: And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. For more information, you can always go to goodnewsister.com. Thank you so much for listening. You are so loved.